Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the super esteemed and Wilmer Flores super fan, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Good. Wilmer and I are great friends. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Do you know they say that, or at least he says, that that's how he learned to speak English is by watching Friends. And I can't think of a better... Better, a better way to learn English, actually. Once it breaks mean, out into a how you doing every now and then or something. How you, know. you doing? <laughs> Could you think... be any stummer? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I mean, look, comparing anybody to any of those six characters is kind of like an insult. But, but I think he's more of a Chandler than a Joey. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he doesn't have psychotic serial killers, so he can't be a Ross. So, vibe, but um, yeah. So, uh, I anyway. Anyway, uh, uh, today. Oh no! Wait, I, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I think I forgot to ask you a question last week. Maybe you I did. don't remember. I don't remember. Either. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, Matthew. Um, would you rather have? Jock Peterson representing the Giants as an all-star in Dodger Stadium or no Giant representative at all? Oh, definitely Jock Peterson representing the Giants. I mean, first of all, you know, he's hit more home runs for us than against us now. That's right. He's He's got the stank off him. He's no longer stanky. Exactly. He's no longer stanky. He's a true Giant. And uh, I think it'll be kind of fun. I mean... I, I first I envisioned like him getting booed or or cheered, you know, by Dodger fans, and then I then I remember two things. One is that it's like a corporate crowd, and there's probably not going to be any Dodger fans in the stadium anyway. But two, that even if they were, they would show up in the third inning, and so they wouldn't really get to cheer or boo him anyway. He'll be out of the game by the time Dodger fans show up. What are you talking about, Matthew? All of those actors and directors—they're real Dodger fans. Okay, you well know, then they'll show up in the third inning then, and and they don't have to. You know, of course, a lot of the game. yeah, a lot of them aren't baseball fans at all, but they'll just be forced to sit there because the game's on Fox or something. I don't even know if it is, but that seems likely. That's right. That's, they have a show yeah. coming up on Fox, and they got to sit right. there and look. Right. Uh, look so like they're, they're going to put this fake baseball fan in there yep. while the announcers yep. try to explain baseball to us. <laughs> oh, what a lovely spectacle the Major League Baseball All Star Game is! Um, but there will be some real Dodger fans. They'll be uh, in the back row of the bleachers in center field. That's right. Right. Well, and I, I'm glad that Jock is representing the Giants. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he deserves it. I mean, you know, yeah. The question is, will they boo him or cheer him? I think he'll get a little bit of both. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, today, folks, is Wednesday, July 13th, as we record this podcast, the nine-year anniversary of Tim Lincecum's first no-hitter against the Padres, where I believe he threw 148 pitches 
And I think I saw a stat that says no major league pitcher has thrown more than 134 pitches since. Wow. Yes. Go Bochi, man, right? I mean, like, yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, I, I think, I think that's, if it's that going to be a you, long, long. That doesn't tell you the difference between like Bochi and like someone like Kapler than nothing will, right? Sure. I, I think it also tells you how much the game has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, nine years. Have, it's only nine yeah. years. Yeah, we barely have starting pitchers at all anymore. Yeah, well, we had John Brebbia start today, so, you know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> and Giants fans are used to it now. We're, we're all regulars. Oh, it's a it's a bullpen game. Mm-hmm. They come every five days or, right. or you know, twice every five days. <laughs> anyway, the Giants uh, went four and three this week, Matthew. A winning week. Woohoo! First. Following a week did... where we didn't have one win, so that, I... was, uh, that was a good turnaround there. Well, no, because remember, there was that game that was going on while we were recording, and yes. we decided that they were going to lose that game, but then they decided to, like, get up off the mat. And they won, yeah, that's true. We, we, we do yeah. need to correct that from last week, don't we? Because <laughs> we had already yeah, put we it did... in the loss column. We, were... we put it in the loss column, and... Sorry, Sorry fans. You know... Sorry, Giants, for our lack of yeah. faith there. Yeah, and I already had uh, Darren Ruff, you know, wearing street clothes. Yeah. And and he hit a home run, I think, literally as I was saying that. <laughs> and you know what, Matthew? If that's what it takes for the team to win, that's fine. That's fine. We're fans. We don't need the players to like us. We just need them to win. That's, that's right. That's all. Uh, but anyway, all of that means that they actually won a week. They won four and three for the week. They won a series. Huzzah against anyone. Of course, it was against the Diamondbacks at home, so of course they should win that series. And they had to do it on a rubber match where they came from behind and <laughs> walked it off in the in the ninth. <laughs> hey, but a win is a win is a win. We're back to the winning ways. We're still not in a playoff spot. Um, but things, I don't know. I, I things feel like feel like they're getting better. They do. They do, but no. Go ahead. I, well, I, I th- we'll talk about this later. But I, it, it's already feeling like a different team, both both literally and figuratively. <laughs> right, right. But first, Bob, ask me the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. I am drinking today. I am enjoying a bourbon pineapple lemonade and i have been kind of searching the last few weeks for for great summer cocktails it's been really hot out here in the east bay which means it's probably been like 70 degrees in the city i I don't know but but out here in the east bay we've been cranking it up into the 80s and 90s and uh, you know i have been uh, looking for some some summer cocktails to drink while I'm sitting inside in my perfectly uh, temperature-controlled 72 degrees looking out at the hot pavement. Um, and uh, and so I, this week I've been, I've been drinking a lot of lemonade, you know, just like plain old lemonade without, without any vodka or gin in it. And we all know I need to be drinking more gin. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so in that vein, I, I was... Um, I, I realized, I remembered that bourbon, you know, a bourbon uh, lemonade is a thing. And uh, which is basically just a bourbon sour, right? But uh, so this is just a bourbon sour with with pineapple juice. Oh. So that means it's uh, it's well, it's two and a half ounces of bourbon because I mean, 
Yeah, why not? It's been it's been a rough couple of weeks on the baseball thing, you know, and so let's we just needed we just needed a little extra yeah. oomph. You know, the worse I mean? the record, the more the more of the ounces. Th- th- right? That's right, that's right. The stronger the cocktail, uh, and so then it's uh, two and a half. So that's two and a half ounces of bourbon, one ounce of lemon juice, uh, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup. I usually do like to do more. But because I'm adding an ounce of pineapple juice, I kept the simple syrup low just to just to control the sweetness a little bit. And um, I mean, you called me out on this before the show. I mean, this is basically a child's drink. This is like a juice box with bourbon in it. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. You're drinking a kid's drink with booze like that's <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what it is. I bet it goes it's down a, quick, though. It really does. I mean, I mean, honestly, when you hear me say that it's a juice box with bourbon in it, it sounds good, right? It does. And that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Especially in a ninety it, degree day. Yeah, why not? And it is. It it is. It it makes. Um, I'll tell you what. It makes bad baseball games much better. And you know what? It makes great baseball games even better than that. Um, I was drinking something very similar to this as I was watching uh, Rodon's Gem on Saturday, and um, that was great times. I bet. Well, that sounds, it sounds good. You know, it's uh, not a sophisticated cocktail. Uh, no. Uh, but, uh, you know, not all of, the, all of the cocktails need to be sophisticated. I'm not, um, I'm not really a sophisticated guy. Well, that's true. I do make sophisticated cocktails quite often, but that's really the outlier. <laughs> all right. Well, Bob, hit me up. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I, I think following Ben's theme of of boozy cocktails when the giants are uh, are struggling i i have been playing around a little bit with the old-fashioned and been uh, you know, I've, I've introduced a few variations of that i think over the season and and uh i was actually at an event uh, a month or so ago where uh a charity event and for the, that was benefiting the ymca of san francisco actually shout out to the y and they had some they were doing wine mostly but there was a a, a bar there that a guy was was serving old fashions and so of course you know i went for the old fashioned over the wine and uh and it was delicious and i was asking him kind of you know of course what's in it right and his secret ingredient was to have an amaro uh, in, in with, the uh, the rye. And so I'm, I've been kicking around in my head and honestly, I don't have a lot of Amaros in my, in my liquor cabinet. I mean, you know, they're, uh, I, Frenette is one of them, but it doesn't really, you know, that's kind of a, mm, I didn't really think that would go well with the, with the old fashioned, although I did try it. It was, it was fine, but it wasn't quite what I, what I was going for. So I ended up, uh, with a cocktail, an old fashioned that had two ounces of rye, a half ounce of Campari, uh, which, there you know, you go. and, and I yeah. bought that bottle when I, we first started doing this broadcast or this podcast. And, and, uh, cause I think I thought I wanted to do a Negroni turns out that I hate Negronis and, and, and I just, I had this big old bottle of Campari. And so I have literally been looking for recipes that I could just use a little bit at a time to kind of get through this bottle. And this has been the perfect one. So it's a half ounce of Campari along with two ounces of rye. And then an ounce of the Lixardo Sangue Morlaco liqueur. So this is not your typical uh, Luxardo cherry liqueur. What does that mean? Like molasses blood? 
yeah, Morlockan blood. I think Morlocko is a place. I want to say. Oh, uh, oh, it's the blood of the Morlockans. Yes, yes, and uh, right. okay. And it was actually I was reading up a little bit on it. It was named after a poet had uh, tried it and gave them the name, and you know, it, I don't know. It's written on the front of the bottle, actually, the what he wrote to them. So wow. But it, and what's different about this liqueur over the traditional, um, the original Luxardo uh, cherry liqueur is that it's uh, it's it's a little bit sweeter. It's got kind of a more cherry uh, flavor. Kind of mirrors a little bit of the syrup that's in the Luxardo cherries, you know. So it's it's definitely sweeter. Uh, and then I put two dashes of Peychaud's bitters in with that, and uh, obviously garnished it with a couple of Luxardo cherries and uh, spritzed a little orange peel oil over it and uh, mixed it with ice. And uh, I put a large ice cube in my large old-fashioned glass, and I poured it in. And it, it's a hefty cocktail. It's got you know three and a half ounces of booze in it. And uh, it's it it is strong. I feel like uh, this is one of those ones where I don't have to make a double. Like I'll feel be feeling good halfway through our podcast. Uh, and it's really good. the The Campari gives it a little bit of a bite, and the cherry uh, cherry liqueur you know adds that sweetness and the cherryness of it. It just pairs really nicely with the rye. Uh, so and then you do like a high uh, a high proof rye like i've got like a 98 proof i can't remember you know rye in here it's uh boy it's a good cocktail it's a good cocktail. all right sounds like a gen xers negroni <laughs> all right well i'll take yeah. it i'm a gen xer we, oh, we can't do we can't do real negronis because we're just not that bitter that's right <laughs> <laughs> not, oh. not part of the not part of the bitterest generation no no i got a little bit of optimism in me so. <laughs> That's the problem with us. <laughs> no, no, kids, we love you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's but, what we're drinking. Uh, man, millennials stuff? aren't kids anymore, though. No. Well, there are some millennials that are like probably almost grandparents at this point. They're like right? middle agers. Yeah. Man. man, these kids, they just keep pushing you up. That's true. We're, getting, we're not getting younger. Anyway, and you know who's not getting younger either? Jake McGee. Jake and uh, oh Jake you know I I feel bad I feel bad like because I because I I almost feel like I made it happen right you you called for this last week you literally said that the Giants needed DFA McGee and the next day he was gone yeah yeah you After know, our right. podcast aired, by the way, so um, I don't know if there was, you know, I don't know if there was any correlation. There, <laughs> sure. Saying. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. They all listen to our podcast, Matthew, and then they and then they make their decisions accordingly. Yes, which would probably be a really bad idea. But uh... that's a horrible idea. <laughs> that, that also means they're very bad at their jobs. Um, the yeah, I, well, you know, I, I all I did, Matthew, was go look at the war and sort by worst to first, you know. And and his name was in the top five, and he was the top. He was the worst pitcher on the Giants, and and you know I guess they ultimately decided whatever it was they they couldn't fix, right? Yeah. And Kapler Kapler said it just came down to location, right? Like the fastball was just not going where they needed it to, it to, and it was it was hurting them. And you know I think, uh, and that's ultimately what happened. Uh, you know, it, it's it sucks. But then I remember that Major League Baseball contracts are guaranteed. So, you know, I don't feel as bad for him. Right. He's getting paid whether he's uh, sitting at home <laughs> or playing this, or not. That's so. right, right? This is this is not like this is not like some young guy who just got his cup of coffee and then and then never gets to see the big leagues again. Although I don't feel for those guys either because at least they got to realize their dream. 
unlike the rest of us slobs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just, you know, it's one of those things. It's ne- I can't imagine what it's like to be in that scenario on both sides of it, right? Yeah. Like, everybody wants you to be successful. But when you're not, they have to make those kinds of decisions, and, and you kind of have to be analytical about it and cold-hearted about it. And that's one of the luxuries that we have as fans. Like, we can say things like that because we're fans. We're right. crazy fanatics, and we demand results. And he wasn't delivering. Yeah, and ultimately, and, and, it's a business where these other guys, you know, the people who make those decisions, their job relies on these players you know, performing. That's right. So, that's right. They so, need Ben and Matthew to go to more games and to buy more cocktails. Right. And and if we don't go, that's like five cocktails that we don't buy, and that's like seventy five dollars right there. One hundred and fifty between the two of us. I will say we've bought a cocktail on the club level. I'd stay away from that. <laughs> I mean, no offense to those bartenders or anything, but yeah, they're not the greatest. No, no. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't the. You know, it wasn't. The it's most a volume business. You know. Yeah. <laughs> It's a volume business. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, well, you know, and, and, um, and Desclafani, I had, I had called for him too, but, but that had already happened before last week's episode of, of going on the 60 day DL. It turns out they're just going to go ahead and do surgery on his ankle. Um, and then Lestella, and... we, we talked about Lestella leaving, uh, or, you know, finding his way to the 60 day IL as well. And, they, instead, they stuck him on the COVID IL with a little sniffle. Like, I, I feel like they didn't even test him. I think he was like, oh, he's got symptoms? Put him on the IL. Yeah. And Matthew, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. Based on how the team has performed in the last week, is there room for him on this roster? I really hope not. <laughs> I just right. keep playing that eleven and a half million dollars in my head that he's owed next year, and I just—if the Giants value winning over that eleven million dollar contract, then he should not be on there because he—they've clearly played better without him. I mean, Estrada is on fire, and 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 VR, you know, has has played well, uh, and I just don't feel—and then you know, not to mention Flores, and so. Uh, Right. Why would we have right. Listella, especially when Flores and uh, Estrada hit left-handers uh, or right-handers, I should say, better than Listella has been? And so, I just don't feel like there's a spot for him. I mean, if they want to go all in on this season, uh, he hasn't shown that he deserves to be in that spot. But I don't know what you do with him. Like, unless you create that sixty-day IL scenario, you have to DFA him, right? And so, I could yeah, see them. I, I could see them like some guy waiting with a baseball bat behind a corner and just. You know, I think just, you know, well, just mean, Tanya Harding him, you know, or Nancy Kerrigan, him, like, you know, as, as he walks down the hall, like I could just see it happening. Right, right. The guy holding the bat is 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 Tanya. This, this Nancy's the one who's I mean, it. I mean, yes. yes. <laughs> I guess in this case, Tanya would be would be Farhan. And and whoever's carrying the bat would be Galuli. How do I know these names? <laughs> Man, you have you some know useless what? information actually, that's just stuck up there. I, I actually know way more about figure skating than you would think. It's not just that story, folks. It's <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, but but let's let's ignore that. Let's ignore that. Uh, the the point is is that I mean for for he did he was playing in the field right before he went on the COVID IL. I did notice that. Mm. But but before that, they were only DHing him. And so my point was. If you don't feel comfortable putting him at second base and you can only DH him and then therefore are clogging up the DH spot, which is what really bothered me 
right? Was yeah. the fact that they couldn't put, say, somebody like Jock Peterson into that into that slot. Um, then, then that means he's not a hundred percent, right? That means right. he's not healthy. And and then so so it means like he's playing hurt. So why couldn't you put him on the sixty day DL? Uh, sorry, IL, especially if he's being owed eleven million dollars next year. Why not make the 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 decision to say we're going to we still believe in this contract. We still believe in him. We're going to do everything that we can to make his most expensive year his healthiest year. When when we might actually need him, but right now it looks like we don't need him, and by having him on the roster, he actually hurts us a little bit. So to me, it feels like putting him on the 60, 60 day IL seems like a totally reasonable thing to do if he just can't get healthy. Um, that being said, I mean, look, that's eleven that that eleven million dollars they've already spent it. Okay, and this is a this is a logical fallacy that a lot of Major League Baseball teams get caught up in. They're lucky in that they don't have a salary cap. I know the owners would probably disagree, but they don't have a salary cap, so so they can go out and spend more money. Yes, they have the the whole luxury tax. I get that, but they could go out and spend more money, and 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 get better, right? That eleven million dollars. There's nothing they can do about it. It's spent. It's spent money. It's already gone. So there's no point in trying to make a bad player good just because you already owe him that money because you've already spent it it's already gone right so i i think if they feel like that that he's not going to turn it around and he's just not going to fit in the organization then they absolutely should dfa him but i i totally agree there's not spot on for him on this roster today i think vr has taken that spot away from him estrada is our starting second baseman and um and wilmer flores and VR are good enough to to back Estrada up there when when you need it. They yeah. probably don't have the range you'd like to have at that position, but you know what? Wilmer looks pretty good back there. He looks like a little slow and a little big, but he looks pretty smooth when he makes the plays. Yeah, Estrada made a nice play on a double play ball today. You know, coming across the bag and throwing across mm-hmm. his body, and you know, threw a strike to first and. Uh, so I, you know, they're they're competent at this point. And I think that's all you really want. Which you know, Lastella's not great. He's not a great defender. So no, he's not. Yeah, you know, you're relying no, on not. his bat. You know, to be to make it worth him being in the lineup. So. I think in the last game he played, he had an error, and it cost him some runs. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so that leads us to the lone guy in the in the top five. Because remember, Elliot Ramos was Elliot Ramos oh, yeah, was in yeah. in the top five. So, so of the remaining big leaguers that were in the top five is Darren Ruff. And I don't know. I, I mean, he has turned it around a little bit, but he's actually start to taper off again. And I don't know, Matthew, do you think the team loves Darren Ruff so much that they're just going to stick with him through, like they're going to let him have a negative 4.5 uh, war by the end of the season? Do you, do you think that's what they're going to do? <laughs> no, I, I don't. Farhan yesterday had a little sit down with some reporters and he basically said they're in at the trade le- deadline, that they right. feel they are within a playoff spot and they're going to throw some chips into there and you know they're looking to be active. And so... I think Ruff's got to be considered one of the bubble players to be moved, um, whether you know through trade or DFA, only because you know there's not a lot of spots, and uh, he has not been producing the way he did last year. 
So yeah, I think that there's a real opportunity, well, real good chance that that Ruff is you know maybe the next casualty. Right. I yeah I agree. I I think this team really really gives guys every opportunity to do to 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 turn the corner. I think we saw that with Mike Talkman last year, right? They they really did everything they could to get him going with the bat, but he never could. And 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 eventually they they did what they needed to do, which is, you know, they let him go. I think we're seeing the same thing with Darren Ruff. I think they're going to make every move that they possibly can to not give up on him on a permanent basis, but at some point they're going to get there. And uh and I think it, it also makes that decision much, it puts a lot more pressure on them when you have guys like VR and uh, Mercedes Yermin and, uh, sorry, Yermin Mercedes and, uh, and Luis Gonzalez all, you know, either showing up for the first time or, or coming back from injury and being healthy and, and playing well, right? Yeah. And yeah. especially since a lot of those guys are right-handers, just like Darren Ruff. And so, um, yeah, I think I think Mercedes has kind of taken over the Darren Ruff role. Yeah, uh, yeah. you saw him out in left field, you know, stumbling around, but you know, making catches oh, and uh, just you know, does not make you feel really great when he's out there. But uh, you know, Darren Ruff, serviceable outfielder, but not a great outfielder in his own right. So, I think yeah. if you ask Farhan Zaidi what is the role of a left fielder, he would say to hit the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not. Although I, I you know, again going back to the press conference with with Zaidi, he uh, he seemed to understand that defense had been their weak point, uh, and I think he he even said that if they had had a even a serviceable defense, then they would probably be in a playoff spot at this point, and uh, so that kind of makes me think that maybe they will look to do a trade with defense in mind, like it won't be just offense, uh, but. Who knows? Huh, Who that's knows? interesting because I kind of heard all that a different way, which was just sort of like, and and I like your your take better than mine because my take <laughs> was, we're just going to tell them to play better. Well, I I think that's still part of it because they they do think that you know these are a lot of the same players from last year and so sure sure you know, and they had one of the best defensive teams uh, you know last year so I think they just yeah. want them to make the, pl- the 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 simple play right they need to make the routine play right. and and certainly they can do. Right? Yes, I mean I think so. I I don't know about Jock Peterson, but but it, he's a new guy. Um, I mean Jock, Jock plays left field exactly how I would expect a guy named Jock to play left field. <laughs> I mean there there charging, are no surprises. Charging fly there. balls over his head. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean Jock has a little bit more California surfer boy in him than I originally would have expected. I don't know why, because he's you know he's a he's a he's a Bay Area guy. Probably. Yeah, but he's from Palo Alto. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Not it's not like he's from Santa there. Cruz or something. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, some like a cool place like Santa Cruz. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, but but you know it, my my point is is that uh, we got some really questionable defenders and yeah I, I do think that. Some the, I'm not quite honestly, I think making the routine play for some of these guys is 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 a little bit of a crapshoot. But I do think you know I, I will say this. I think I, I do think there have been players who should be playing better that weren't. I think Austin Slater was one of those guys in the early part of the season. Yeah, was not playing defense as well as he should have been. 
Um, even Steven Duggar, who I really liked and, and constantly was calling the best defensive center fielder in the organization, which he was, was not playing as well as he did last year. Uh, Brandon Crawford, not playing as well as he did last year. Brandon Belt. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Brandon Belt. I mean, you know, I, I, first base really doesn't hurt you as much, but yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, they absolutely can play better there. And I think that they, um, we, we should definitely expect them to. And when I say expect, I don't mean like predict that they will, but I think we should still hold them very accountable when they don't as fans. Like we, we got to keep screaming about this because first of all, it just makes, it just, it just makes for an unentertaining game to watch. Nobody wants to watch professional baseball players play baseball badly yeah right well especially with the expectations Uh, of giants fans right exactly you know but honestly i mean i think just major league baseball fans should expect more we should not expect a bunch of guys like you know booting the ball around (laughs) um but well, but yes. I mean, I, I think getting back to those those three players you mentioned, VR, Mercedes, and Gonzalez. I mean, they are the new, you know, just in the last week. Uh, they all they all well, VR a little bit longer, but Mercedes and Gonzalez, new newcomers to the Giants. I think they've 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 provided a really visible spark uh, to this team, and and just to watch the energy of someone like Mercedes, for example, uh, VR seems a little bit more kind of you know level. He's understated, but he's playing with he's. Yeah, but he's playing with the passion of a young guy who's got Oh, he's a sport. hitter, man. You can, I mean, just yeah. his swing. Uh, I read earlier that, you know, he spends a lot of time on preparation. You know, he really kind of researches the pitchers he's about to face. You know, he's all about, you know, just kind of putting himself in a, in a position to be a good, to have a good at bat. Uh, and you can see that, right? I mean, he's a, he looks professional when he's up there. He does not look like an overmatched rookie, which we've seen from time to time, you know, when, when rookies have come up. Right, and, right. Well... I just feel like he's he's he he's impressed me enough to where I feel like uh, he a I want to say that he could be here long term, but then it's you know also what happens with Longoria when he comes back, um, you know it will 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 kind of yeah I, I hate to I don't know I hate to speculate on that because I feel like you know gosh I mean Longoria could be also a trade or DFA candidate as we mentioned last week. Uh, Mainly because VR has, has presented himself very well. I mean, and 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 the Giants and their right-handed lineup has been lights out over the last week, and VR has been a part of that. So I feel like, you know, maybe they don't right. need uh, someone like Longoria. Right. I, I yes. I mean, I think that. So let me just talk about Longoria really quickly because I I think he is tradable. Um, I think he has also mentioned that that you know we talked about this last week that that he's considering retirement at the end of the season. So I think that makes him very tradable, especially to a team that that is contending, right? Yeah. I don't know what the needs are of the Rays, but that's an obvious destination that he could go to. They're definitely in the playoff spot right now. And so I think he's definitely tradable, especially if the Giants want to take a little bit of, of his contract, right? Yeah. The rest of the year. Although, I mean, if he's retiring, right, you're, you're really only talking about one year. I don't, I don't know what the terms of his contract are, but... Um, if he's if his contract is ending this year, uh, then I think he probably will retire, right? And that makes him very tradable. Um, but I could also see this a situation where where VR bounces up and down for a little bit while they figure that out. Um, but but I will say that I think that VR Mercedes and and Gonzalez, you know, coming back off the IL, 
has really given the team that shot in the arm that, you know, I don't know if it's if if it's youth. I mean, Mercedes is not that young. <laughs> He's 29. But um, but, you know, it's given them a shot in the arm of new blood. Right. And these are guys that are playing with excitement, especially especially um, Mercedes. Um, yeah. So it's um, I think and that's a lot of that energy that I think you heard Kapler and Carlos Rodon talking about. Right. Right. And and that seems to, you know, you've got these young guys, they've come up they're they're contributing, they're hitting the ball well. And now that has spread out to people like Flores and Estrada and Rodon. And and suddenly you're starting to see some of that energy come back to the team. And, um, you know, and, and what's really nice is that it's coming from their depth or the or the ability of this organization to create depth depth from almost thin air. Yeah. Well, and, and with Longoria, Longoria's salary. So he's he's making 19 uh, million this year, 19 and a half million dollars. Oh, year. yeah. The Giants would definitely have to help on that. Yeah. Uh, next year, he's got a club option for 13 million, but a buyout for five. So, which is kind of a high buyout number. Uh, so, really, it's like an eight million dollar decision. Number. So, eight million dollar decision next year, uh, whether they want to you know keep him or not. Right, but uh, if he retires, and that all goes away. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, but but you know, if he wants to play another year, then he certainly could. So, um, so that's the contract I, situation for Mongolia. Yeah, I think if the Giants trade him, they're definitely going to have to spend a lot of money on it. But that's not. I mean, that's really at the end of the day, you're not talking about a ton because you know the season's half over, and yeah, and you're really just talking about the buyout at that point. Well, and also maybe you get a return, you know, of a, you know, someone that, that could help the team. Yeah, I mean, I think that's or... what you look for is some sort of return elsewhere where you need it. Like maybe maybe in the bullpen. Or, right, well, bullpen know, or, especially, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or you know, some depth in a, in a platoon position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, so last week we've seen a little signs of life, I think, you know. Uh, gosh, we scored 13 and 12, you know, two games were 13 to nothing and 12 to nothing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, mostly, those were both against left-handed starting pitchers, right? And so, uh, pretty pretty nice uh, week as far as our right-handed lineups. Uh, I think there were some notable players that kind of stood out. Uh, Wilmer Flores has been on fire this last week. You know, four That's home right, runs baby. in seven games. And uh, but you know, Tyro Estrada continues to hit well. Uh, so you know, that you know, your mean Mercedes who. Which is interesting. We, you know, he got left from, you know, he got, you know, he was the one that uh, he started out as his rookie season as maybe the hottest rookie of the year last year. And then, uh, and then really kind of cratered out. And uh, the Giants brought him in and have put him in a position to really be successful by only, only playing him really against left handers. And he's got like a 333 average through the, you know, through his Giants career. And, Hit his first home run against the which was a rocket, by the way. 112 mile per hour off the bat exit velocity over the cars in left field there. Uh, just, uh, it's it's been, uh, you know, that player, I got to feel like, must have been just ecstatic to go to the Giants. Because can you imagine Tony La Russa only playing a guy like that against left-handers? Like, you know, and, and wanting him to be successful in a role that, you know, suits him? No, no. You're going to play every day until you stop hitting, and then you're going to sit, get set down. And and, and gonna... you know you're not you're going to play by all the unwritten rules, and you're going to be you know uh, you know that's the way it's expected. And so the Giants are kind of the, the the fantasy team for him to go to, I think. 
Absolutely, they're not even expecting him to catch. Right. I mean, they they had him and uh, they had him, Wins, and Bart all in the lineup. Uh, what was that yesterday? Well, the the um, game um, that they won thirteen to nothing. I think that was yeah was uh, that they, yeah, yeah they had three catchers in the lineup, which was crazy. I was thinking, you know, the way that Bart's hitting, you know, what do you do when Casale's healthy and come back? Maybe you keep all four and you have four catchers on the lineup. <laughs> Let's just that's lead the, them off. Right? You have like that's the Giants' like, philosophy. <laughs> just, just, just catchers only. That's right. Wins, Casale, Bart, and Mercedes all uh, one through four in the lineup. One through four, baby. That's right. And then the rest of you don't need the rest of the lineup at that point. <laughs> oh, and uh, Austin Slater, uh, another player who I mean for the week since we last since we last uh, uh, you know published our podcast, 467 batting average, 529 on base, a 225 weighted runs created plus. I mean just crazy yeah. numbers. Yeah. And Tom All Tolbert. against left-handers by the way cuz that's that's his role, yeah. right? Tom Tolbert, that's why he pinch hit um, you know, um, uh, that's why the Giants had him pinch hitting and replacing Brandon Belt in the lineup. Right. I'm going to go with Gabe Kapler's approach, right? You know, that uh, they don't pinch hit for people; they pinch hit with people. Exactly. And and uh, yeah, so I mean that was pretty crazy. They had uh, Slater pinch hit when for Brandon Belt's spot in the lineup. You know. And uh, and that sounds crazy, but given the way he's been hitting the ball, especially against the left-handers, yeah, Yeah. then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why. Giants fans, repeat after me. The Giants are a platoon team, right? That's who they are. That is their identity. That is what they do at their core, and they will put the best person who in in that situation up to bat, regardless of who it is, right? And and we just have to the, get used to that. I mean, that's just the way the Giants play. And it's been one of the things that they haven't been able to do as much this year because of the injuries, right? Yeah. And 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 a lot of these guys have been put into positions where where they're not, you know, where they're just not going to perform their best, and then they haven't. And one has to wonder if that like kind of carries over to to the situations where they should be excelling, right? Because they've gotten into bad habits or they have they're in a bad mindset. But but yes, the Giants are absolutely a platoon team, and that means even for people like Brandon Belt. You know, I, I think the one guy we haven't seen that with yet, although we're starting to see it a little bit by them moving him down on the lineup, and I think he's been getting more days off than usual, is Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. Right. Like Mike was the one player that played every day. And, I think I think um, him in the outfield, and then and then uh, uh, Brandon Crawford in the infield. I think those right, are the two that right. we've kind of seen. No matter who's right. on the mound, they're going to play. Right. And and well, yeah. And then part of that too is because of their ability to play defense. Right. Quite frankly. Yes. Right. You know, particularly and, with Crawford. Yes. Right. And and everybody knows that that matters too. So. <laughs> <laughs> But but when it comes to, you know, people like Brandon Belt, I mean, I think we, you know, it should not come as a shock when that happens. Not anymore. Although Brandon's also one of those hot players. He's eight for his last 11. Uh, just unfortunately, this knee issue is not going away. And no, uh, no. Kapler even said after today's game, you know, because, uh, you know, uh, Belt was on first base in the ninth inning. You know, he let off or he got a single to start the, the rally. And uh, there was a double. Yastrzemski hits a double into the gap, and Belt can only get to third. And 
so I, you know, his, his, and, and actually in the interview after today's game, Belt actually admitted that he's just slow. And which is not really a belt admission that you've ever seen before. He's usually joking about how fast he is, racing Usain yeah. Bolt and that kind of thing. And so it really tells you that that knee is 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 an issue, and it's going to continue to be an issue. Uh, I think I heard that he's probably going to have it drained again at the All Star break, and uh, you know, it's just uh, so I I hope that we can see uh, play enough with with. You know him to be able to kind of get the hitting out of him, but I think we're not going to see the best Brandon Belt this year. No, no. I mean, it's no problem. It's like getting the oil changed, right? Just get the knee drained. That's right. Just get your knee drained. You're right. good. Just stick me. a little needle in there, suck it out. You're good. Yeah, man. yeah. It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and then, and then, I, I, I don't want to go without talking about more talking about hot players. I mean, the whole starting rotation this last week, particularly, you know, our Rodon. Well, particularly Rodon, but then Webb... I mean, Rodon's game on Saturday was oh. one of the all-time great Giants pitching performances. Yeah. I mean, you know, he retired 22 in a row to end the game. Yeah. Right? And 12 and strikeouts. I... And by the and that and the last batter of the game, he was throwing 98 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. And I saw some statistics that, like, there have only been, uh, you know, the, the number of starting pitchers who have thrown 96-plus in the ninth inning of a Giants game is few and and they they named all the pitches that were done and Rodon's inning ranked in you know all five of his 96 plus pitches were you know in the top of all time since they've been recording yeah. this and, I mean that was one of how, the all time great Yeah it was one of the all time great performances for sure Yeah and uh what I really loved about it was just his energy right because he was the guy who was saying like we need to bring more energy we need to be more amped we need to be you know, more into the games and, and you and could just see it. it up. Yeah. Right. And like when they had the shot of him in the dugout, when Flores hit the two run Homer, right. To give them that three, one lead, you saw him stand up in yeah. the dugout, right? Like, okay, that's all I needed. Yeah. Like, that's it. We're done. This game is over. And, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and that was just awesome to see that. Right. And and it's and it was just such a relief, <laughs> such a relief when Wilmer hit that home run. I'd just be like, oh, thank <sighs> God that somebody on this team has broken through, right? And that's and, something that happened a lot last year, and that we yeah. haven't seen a lot this year. And so, yeah, yeah you're right. It was great. It was just such a relief to see that happen because you knew the way that Radon was pitching that this was the game was over. Right. Exactly. And, um, but, and, and so, it, you know, I mean, it was, it was amazing to have him, Wilmer hit the home run, but it was also just really awesome to see how, how Rodon reacted to that, Yeah, you know? And, and I think, and, and, and like I said, it was just really, really great to see a player who's kind of just called the team out on that to then come and demonstrate it. Right. And say, so I'm not going to just lead with my mouth. I'm also going to lead with my, with my performances on the field. And, you know, I mean, that performance might have gotten him uh, a spot on the All-Star team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and he certainly deserves it. I think, you know, that, that the season he's had, uh, he's only like 10 innings away from, from his uh, the clause in his contract um, being activated where he wow. can actually opt out of uh, next year's contract. So this might be the only year that we see Rodon. Uh, uh, yeah. So that'll be... That'll be uh, I mean, that's something for us to discuss, I think, later in the yeah, offseason. Yeah. But that is, uh, you know, but that's why I, that's why he came here. 
right? I mean, let's let's be honest, it is. right? Like it that is. that's what he came here to do. He came here to make that to activate that clause, um, and and right the ship, and and he chose the Giants organization because he knew that they could help him do that. Yeah, and yeah. and yes, he absolutely expects to go out and get a long term contract. You know, he's uh, he's he's definitely going to Gary Payton the second this sucker. <laughs> well, and he's one of our two all stars, and uh, him and Jock. You know, Jock was voted in by the fans, and you know it was interesting before before Rodon got uh, added uh, because of uh, some late you know changes to the to the lineup. Uh, Jock was our only representative. And and he was voted in by the fans, and I think you could make an argument. Although I love Jock, he's probably not one of the three best outfielders <laughs> in the National League. But because he's been so popular in three different, uh, three different, three different areas of the country, he got a well, lot of votes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to think at this point, he's probably one of the most liked people in baseball. I mean. Probably the people in St. Louis only don't like, or sorry, Cincinnati don't like him. <laughs> and that's just because they have that jerk of a person, Tommy Pham, on their team. Yeah. Right? And uh, and let's face it, Tommy doesn't like him because Tommy uses uh, sports betting as his investment. <laughs> um, and, uh, and doesn't like being told when his crappy team choked, you know, even though his crappy team choked. Right. Um, but I, just getting back to Jock, I, I think it's really funny because, like, the one team in baseball that probably still disliked Jock was the Giants fan base. Right? Right. Because yeah, prior to yeah, prior to this year, yeah. Right? And then now and and then he signs with the Giants and and hits 17 home runs and uh, which is which is just uh, three positive home runs, right? Because of the 14 <laughs> that he hit against the Giants. Um it's really interesting, right? You know, yeah, I, I think that's what we're kind of seeing is he's now one of the most likable guys in all of baseball. Um, and and I would say that, though, like when you look at is he one of the three best, uh, you know, um, outfielders in the National League? No. No. But but is he the one best? Of the three giant? most popular outfielders. Then yeah, he yes. definitely is. He's definitely one of the three most popular, and that's for sure. And so I would say, you know, whatever. Fine. Good. I'm glad he got voted in. But I think that, that that actually hurt people like Rodon, right? Because the Giants had their one representative. Sure, sure. And so then it was like, well, it allowed them to go somewhere else. And so Rodon was, you know, laid out. I mean, who else, though, on the Giants that really deserves it this year? Maybe think? Logan Webb, I think, would be the only other. Yeah, Logan Webb. I agree. I, I, I think that's it. Everybody else is just, I mean, nobody else has even been close. No. Right? Well, and the way the Giants play with all their platoons... You know, there's really uh, unless you're like Brandon Crawford or Brandon Belt, you know, you're really not going to make the the All Star team as a you know. But I guess Jock Jock did. Uh, Jock as a did, yeah. Player, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, but, 17 home runs says a lot. Yeah, you know? it does. Yeah, it does. And so, but I'm glad that Rodon got it in. I, I think that he deserved it. And and as one of the game's best pitchers, uh, he's certainly had a All Star caliber season. Uh, leads the league, I think, from pitchers in WAR. Or leads you know, the National League, uh, and uh, strikeout to walk ratio, I think, is second. I mean, he's 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 had a, an amazing season, and 
outside of his one bad outing against the Reds, I think that one time, you know, he's he's had a really really good season. So he had one bad outing, and then I think he had a couple of stretches where he didn't get deep into any games, and then the Giants kind of like yeah, that's right, the games or didn't yep. score for him. So it, it did feel like he was a little bit flat. Um, I think it was a little bit relative, right? Um, but no, he's absolutely deserving of it. And, um, you know, we we have just seen him pitch so many dominant games. And I think it bodes really, really well that the best game he's pitched all season was his most recent game, right? Right. And, and you mentioned all the starters, though, too, because, like, you know, uh, uh, it's like Logan Webb has not been the Cy Young guy that, that we kind of predicted he would. But he's been, he's like, he's... He's been pretty darn good anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then Alex like, Wood, gosh, and his shutout Alex he pitched the other day. I mean, that was amazing. I think Alex Wood has been amongst the most consistent, quite frankly. You yeah. know, I mean, I, he kind of like just kind of under the radar a little bit, but, uh, but yeah. But uh, I think, I, I think it's, it's just been, um, a really great season for Rodon. I, I find it really interesting that our two all-stars were the two guys that were not on the 107 win team last year. <laughs> that is interesting. I I hadn't put that together, but you're right. They were not part of the original of that team. And uh, so I don't know what that says about the 2021. Was it a fluke? Was it uh, something that, uh, you know, you can't reproduce? I don't know. Uh, 2021 was definitely a fluke, but so has 2022, right? Oh, I, I like I that. I like that. Look. I think yeah. I think both of these seasons have been a little bit of outliers. I, I do. I, the one thing. Oh, you know, here's my kind of thought. I mean, I we didn't really plan on talking about this, but but I think you know we're we're about to go into the All Star break. We obviously have another episode that's going to come out right as the All Star break is ending. But I think the one thing that really has hurt this team this year that I think was predictable, and I think people predicted it last year, and it just didn't happen, was injury. Yeah. I really think that that has been the thing that has hurt the, the Giants the most. I think that the, this weird defense thing that's happened, that we don't quite understand why it's happening, we just know that it is, is the kind of like the second bad thing that, that, that is. But I think really the injuries have really hurt this Giants team, especially the way that it's built, because it really hasn't allowed it to do the whole platoon thing the way that the team is designed to work. The injuries just just didn't. It, it just always seemed like one half of these really critical platoons was always hurt. Yeah. So you were trying to make do with a replacement player, or you were asking the other half of that platoon to play every day, and that was just really exposing the weaknesses. And 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 I don't know if the injury rate this year is high or not, but you know that is the one thing that I would say I, I think has has really impacted this team more this year than it did last year oh absolutely and you know with with belt and longoria and crawford and casali you know all these people that are and you know been on the injured list and not to mention our starting rotation with the people like dace clafani uh there's no doubt that it has made a huge impact on on wins and and how our team has showed up this year so uh, something you can't really do a whole lot about once, but uh, you know, and even someone like Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, I was thinking last, uh, one of our earlier episodes, we talked about how the the platoon of Ruff and Lamont Wade Jr. 
I think it was like a 37 home run, like extrapolated out to like 37 home runs yeah. and 120 RBI. That was our left fielder. Yeah. yeah, and and that hasn't happened at all, right? And yeah, uh, you that know, player's luckily, gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I mean, Jock Peterson and Luis Gonzalez have added a little bit of, you know, been able to kind of fill a little bit of that, but that whole platoon thing has, has not happened the way we did last year. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, I think so, Lamont Wade's Jr.'s knee and Darren Ruff's just fall off. Yeah, yeah, it was a big, big, big hit. And, and okay, so one of the last things that I wanted to talk about as we're kind of getting to the end of our, of our hour here. So yesterday... Uh, in that uh, 13 to nothing win the Giants had, we actually saw two position players finishing out the game. And on the mound, on the uh, yes, I should yes, uh, thank you. On the mound, and is that good for baseball? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I, what do you think about that? I think it is unequivocally, equivocally, equivocally, unequivocally, supposedly. Equivocable is a word. Oh, um, but that anyway, Berman, that Berman lemonade is starting to hit you. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I made two, of course. It was a double batch, and remember, it was kicked up a notch. Yes. So, so, you so got five yes. ounces of bourbon going through you. I like it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. But anyway, uh, no, this is totally bad for baseball. It is absolutely bad for baseball. The only reason people like it is because it's a novelty. But now it's not a novelty anymore. Yeah, because every now team is it doing hap- it. Every team's doing it. They're doing it all the time. And now it used to be that you only did it if you were getting your butt kicked. But now teams are doing it when they're kicking butt. Right. And so what that does is it leads to scenarios like we saw yesterday where the ninth inning, uh, sorry, well, the bottom of the, the, bottom of the ninth and the, uh, and the top of the ninth are pitched by two position players on opposing teams. And and you see a lot of EFIS pitches. You have a scenario where the manager goes out and tells the pitcher, stop trying to throw the ball so good. How <laughs> bizarre is that, Hard. Matthew? No, no, good. And I don't care if that's grammatically incorrect. That's what happened. Kapler went out there and he says, I don't know what the bleep you're doing, but you better bleep stop throwing the ball like you're trying to bleep and bleep, bleepity bleep. Well, just let him just let him hit the ball. Gonzalez, you know, threw just for the, you didn't see the game. He threw two pitches in a row. One was 85 and the second was 89. (laughs) Yeah, because he was trying to compete. Yeah. Well, then Kapler comes running out of the dugout, like, and and basically, Mm -hmm. you know, tells Gonzalez on the mound. We don't want you getting hurt. Throw it soft. Right. He said, excuse me, sir. Please stop trying to compete. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. Please stop trying to get the other team out with your baseball pitching ability. Well, yeah, right? And and, and Gonzalez was was a pitcher in college. So, you know, that was he's going to want to show off his fastball. Right. And we all know why they did that. Right. I mean, at least we know that, though, because we're baseball fans and we like eat, breathe and drink this stuff. But do you think like the average kid going to a game is like, why do these guys suck so hard? Yeah. Right. Like, what's going on? Why are they? You know, suddenly, you know, why is it okay that this team is scoring four runs against my team? Um, it's totally bad for baseball. It's it, it, because eventually it's not going to be a novelty. Right. And, well, and, and, and you not- got guys like Dave Robert who are trying to throw a position player out there when they're only winning by five runs. 
you know, is is a little ridiculous. Right. And that's actually right. against well, the rules. So they actually didn't allow him to do that. Uh, you have to be winning by more than six runs to be able to throw a a. Um, a position, a position player? player? I didn't know there was any rule about it at all. Neither did Dave Roberts. <laughs> I mean, like, what happens if all of your starting pitchers get hurt, if all your regular pitchers get hurt, and you're only winning by one run? Oh, what, what do they oh, do well, in that's, extra that's innings? A good, that's a good question, I guess. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, the rule. I, I mean, that's amazing. I, I didn't know that there was any rules. But this is good news, Matthew. This is good news. You know why? Yeah. Why? Because now we can make more rules to make this stupid thing go away. Or we could make it even better. Ooh, I know you got a good idea. What's the idea? Well, okay. So there's actually precedence for this in in the big four sports in North America. Okay. So what I'm proposing is that every team provides one or more emergency pitchers. Could it be some random dude from like, you know, that's like living in his apartment that happens to live required, in the city? Required. Required. Nice. I love it, those stories, man. Have you seen some of those stories where this guy that hasn't played in like since he was in college and like ten years yeah, earlier, and all of a sudden right. he gets thrown in there and he gets a win because like yeah. all of a sudden he's like the greatest so, thing ever. So, I love those. So stories. So those of you who don't know, so those of you who don't know that in the NHL, every team has to provide an emergency goalie for both teams, um, right? For both, yeah. So that's the that's the thing. He he is the emergency goalie for the game, not for the home team or the visiting team. He is the emergency goalie that either team can turn to when both of their goalies get hurt. So if both goalies, so, so teams typically carry two goalies, and if one goal, if both goalies are hurt and are unable to play, instead of having one of the position guys go put on all of the goalie pads and go play goalie, I guess playing goalie is so different that they would rather have some rando semi-pro or non-pro guy who literally is doing the job for free tickets to the game that's what these guys get paid they get paid free tickets they do get money if they actually play in the game but like to to show up they get free tickets and free food some of them get to hang out in a special suite you know in the arena that's just made available to them and uh, and that's why they do it. And they, they, they go to as many of these games as they can. They don't even have to go to all of them. They have every team has like two or three of these dudes. And they go into the game when a goalie gets hurt. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes these guys actually perform really well and win a game for them. And uh, and it's a great story whenever it happens. People get super excited when when it when any of these guys show up. But but there you go. It's just like Bob off the street is playing in the NHL. So I'm proposing that Bob off the street can play Major League Baseball. And so there have to be some sort of rule, like you have to be losing by so, so much. Winning teams couldn't do this at all, Mm. right? Like you have to put, you know, if you have pitchers available who haven't played in the game, they have to pitch. But the losing team could do it. And, uh, And then he has to finish the game. That's it. Like if he throws a thousand pitches, he throws a thousand pitches. Like nobody cares about Bob off the street, right? If that's the last game that Bob ever throws because his arm dies, so be it. Like if he needs torn labrum surgery, I hope you have health insurance, Bob. Uh, and uh, but Bob will have a story to tell, right? And 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 what it will do is it means teams will kind of try to want to want to avoid it, you know, as much as they can. Um, and and it'll be super exciting for Bob. 
I, I think this is this is the way that we make this more interesting for fans because the fans could actually pitch in the game. <laughs> I'm gonna start warming up now, man. Let's Yeah, uh, like I'm telling you, like, I'm this, is my it. Arm back like in shape. this is it. I used to throw problem... mean batting practice to, to little to little leaguers. I, right. I could do this. But you know what, Matthew? There's more of these people out there than you would think. There are a lot of guys out there playing rec baseball that throw 89 miles an hour. Yeah. Right. Although that might be too, that might be just the sweet spot of bad, quite frankly. Well, you got to right? mix the, it up the, like Gonzalez, a little 44 right. mile an hour. You got to throw some emphasis in there. Yeah. 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 I think the requirement is, is that you should be able to throw in the 80s, but you have to have a really good. I mean, you have to have a change up. It doesn't have to be a good one. Yeah. But yeah. but you got to be able to change speeds. Right. You got to have a change up. Got to have a fastball and fastball has got to be like 80 ish. I like that. Um, yeah. And then this this would go away. Right. And 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 the thing is, the emergency goalie rarely happens in the NHL. It, it, I don't even think it happens once a season. Right. Um, and and I think it, that, you know, and also teams should be like, I don't know, they should be fine or they should they should have to pay for the guy's late torn labrum surgery if he has to get hurt or something. <laughs> totally, right. Totally. No, they should be on be the hook for this. For the guy. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's got to be an incentive for them not to do it. Right. There's got to be an incentive for them not to do it because this is just going to get more and more and it's just going to make the game worse and worse. Right. It's just like, you know, the amount of time between pitches. The reason why that keeps increasing is because pitchers have realized they can throw harder the longer they rest. Right. And somebody went out there and did research and determined that the longest wait is 30 seconds. So that's probably where we're going. Right. If we don't do something about controlling the amount of time between pitches, eventually Major League Baseball will hit 30 seconds between every pitch so that the guy gets his his, you know, as much rest as oh, he possibly it'll, can. The rule so will change could... before then because there's no way Manfred's going right. to let a game go. Right. Well, there's and good. We shouldn't. But because that's where the game is going. But what I'm saying is, is that they will do it. Teams will do whatever they can. To ins- to to oh, improve their absolutely. ability to their, win. Their idea is to win games, not to. Right. Just, I don't care right. how long a game is or whatever. Their, right? their yeah, their job is to win, not entertain. On yeah. a right, not to, their 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 job is to get as many wins as possible, not to entertain on a day to day basis. Right. The idea is that the game is in and of itself entertaining, but it's not entertaining when you have two schlubs just throwing fifty mile an hour pitches and getting torched for five runs each, and it takes you know. 50 minutes for a foregone conclusion to occur that's yeah. i mean that's the other thing We're i hear you. I, like... I, I like this idea i do i'm also though a little nostalgic for the let panda pitch you know kind of uh t-shirts and things you know i mean because panda threw a really good curveball like i mean i just i feel like yes i feel like uh, all... we would have missed out on that if they all threw like that it would be fine but but gabe kapler went out and explicitly said don't do that Right. We had a manager go out yesterday and say, don't throw like Panda. Don't be a Panda. And how how awful is that? It's like uh, it's like it's it's like we, we put the Panda in a cage. And we can't watch it do all the you know, pandas don't do cool stuff. They just roll around on their back. I, don't know, I, I, I see it now that I'm thinking about this. So we're kind of liking this the other sports. So it's almost like, you know, the 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 team's putting in their backup quarterback. You know, when they're down by like three touchdowns in the last like, you know, series, you know, just you're, you're putting in some guy that just, you know, the game is over. So what's the difference? I mean, you know, you just have a guy that you know that the game is over now just pitching. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the other thing is, is like, like, well, maybe you just say that, like, you're surrendering. Right. Mm. Like, as soon as you do that, like, you're like, I surrender. We'll play the rest of the game, but there's no way my team can win. 
Well, that's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is what you're saying. And I don't think winning teams should be allowed to do it at all. Good idea, Ben. And on that note, I think we should probably end the show. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm just dreaming up ways that I can still play Major League Baseball, (laughs) still, still, I say. Still. Still, as if I ever had a chance. Never had a chance. (laughs) Well, now I'm just definitely too old. You know, you were you I were mean, more I, like what was that guy that that midget that played uh, you know uh, you know with uh, the Eddie Patek uh, was that his name uh, Eddie no it was Eddie uh, oh man our half but of you our were you were about as short as he is so you could have you could have played if if you know was it Vic you know the owner of Bill Vec uh, yeah Bill Vec it's 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 Vec like Rec he, yeah he had a even book. though he spelled it like Vic <laughs> yeah uh, I think it's Eddie Goodell is that right his name yes Eddie? that is right yes yes you were right. Again, useless knowledge coming out of the, the wow, head there. Man, did it. Just did it. All right. Well, hey, Bob, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us on uh, social media? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's right. And follow Snapchat. us on Snapchat. Well, no, not Snapchat. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not snapping or TikToking. I'm sorry. I don't know enough dances to do that. But, uh, but definitely on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Giant Cocktails, you can find us and we will, uh, you know, we put up our recipes and, and for our cocktails, and then you know, have a little banter back and forth on Twitter. Uh, so definitely give us a follow there. Uh, yeah, I got to take a picture of my cocktail here. Hang on a second. Oh, your empty cocktail? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I guess text it to you right now. <laughs> thanks, Ben. All right, well, folks, I uh, uh, hope you enjoyed another episode of Giant Cocktails. We'll see you again next week in the All Star Break edition. Ben, it was good chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.